His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. I uh, just wanted to share a little bit today, but um, I wanted to honor Teresa before I start. Really, I just wanted to see you bow your head like that and get get disgusted. <laughs> I um, I've been able to just run an incredible race with this woman for the over forty five years, and today she's sixty five. And I'm I was like I was just thanking God so much for bringing our lives together. I've never known anybody that loves like she loves. Um. You could, well, you, you can do all kinds of stuff to her, and she comes out with love. She just responds all the time with love. And uh, I've tried to break that in her, but it, it just doesn't. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, I, I love you. I'm, I'm honored to be your husband. And I told you this morning on the way to work, I was so glad I said yes when you asked me to marry you. Anyway, it was actually a way to get me to back off, and I went the opposite direction. So, anyway, I'm not dating you, and I'm only going to date when I'm ready for a husband. I said, okay. I got the mic. We are friends. He invites me to the Jesus movement thing he has long hair down to here with a headband around his hair and his hair sticks out like this it was red white and blue so it was red white and blue i'm like okay i'm like i think you need some brill cream or something anyway and so he takes me we're friends we have this awesome time because it's a wonderful conference concert concert and stuff and he reaches over and kisses me i was like I did not give you permission to do that, buddy. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to kiss until I'm getting ready to get married. And he said, okay, I'll marry you. So I said, yes. She goes, that's not what I meant. Worked, though, didn't it? Well, anyway, we had a little bit of discussions after that. But anyway, well, I uh, I got some stuff I want to talk about, but I figured if if it doesn't go real good, I uh, this is funny. We're we're in. Uh, I love puns. Just you know. Anyway, we're in Sam's, and we're going by the books and stuff, and I see this one laying there, and I go. I start picking it up, looking through it a little bit, you know, and it's like, this is pretty good. And Teresa goes, you don't need that, and walks off shopping someplace else. I stayed with the book because the book was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, thinking about it, and I'm looking, hmm, they marked the price down. And uh, this lady comes walking up the aisle with a little boy in her cart. She goes, and she sees me, and she goes, oh, I'm coming to get that book. And I said, okay, well, here. And she goes, no, no, there's some others down down in here. And she said, uh, 
My my husband teaches my little boy. This kid's like Uriah's age. She goes, my my husband teaches my son our son jokes. At that age, you know, and and she said he'll love this book. And I said, well, my wife doesn't think I ought to get it. <laughs> and she goes, oh, you should get it. And I thought. Thank you, Jesus, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. So I come walking down the aisle, and I went. And I got to laughing so hard, and some of these about fell out of my chair. And so I told Teresa, I said, she needs to cheer up. So I said, I started reading them to her, and I'm laughing, and she's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they're funny if you read them to yourself. I'm like, it's a deal. Where do mice park their boats? At the Hickory Dickory Dock. <laughs> Hardest part of learning to ride a bike is the pavement. Okay, I'm going to read this one because this applies to old people, and it's Teresa's birthday. This one's good. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. I'll stop at this one. I couldn't find the older one, but I will later today. Question, if you're an American when you go into the bathroom and an American when you come out, what are you when you're in the bathroom? European. Okay. Josh, you like that, don't you? All right. All right. You guys are sick. Oh, wait a minute. I read it. <laughs> okay. I had some, uh, what I want to kind of share was like this journey through cancer. Um, you know, when I first got the diagnosis, I shared with you guys the promises God, God gave me, you know, I'm going to live, not die, and declare the works of the Lord. And it just set something real solid in me where I told Teresa, I said, I know how it's going to turn out, but I'm not sure of the path we're going to walk. Well, you get to walking down this and you kind of, you can have two viewpoints. And I've seen Christians have both. And it can either be, uh, God, why did this happen to me? I thought you were a good God. What's going on here? And you dive into self-pity and nothing good ever comes out of that type of stuff. Or you can have the thing of like, okay, my life is in your hands. What do you want to do in this? I'm going to believe you for healing, but what do you want to do? And I took that path. I was like, God, I want to see what you want. What do you want to do in this type of thing? And, I, and lately I've been praying, you know, um, I mean, I've been praying lately. It's like, Jesus, I want to see through your eyes. I want to see what you're seeing in this type of thing. And so I've had, I've had this past time I went to Chicago, <laughs> I had such open doors. It was unbelievable. I've not had this kind of, I mean, so I wanted to kind of share about this. It was, 
because I feel like there's some lessons in this because all of us go through life is full of you've got good times and you've got struggles with all of us. You know, it may not be cancer, but it may be something else. You may be going through uh, relationship problems with your friends or you may be going through uh, some a financial situation or something, but difficulties come. But the question is always in our ballpark of like, what do we do with it? Do we do we let God? Do we see this from His perspective and let God bring some work in us, or do we do we just get into self pity and and uh, it gets worse and we just get defeated and don't know how we got there? Anyway. Um, I, I'm on, uh, I'm flying up to Chicago and I'm at the airport and they're delaying the plane. Um, and we're sitting there and I knew we were going to take off though, because they'd loaded the luggage and they weren't taking it back off. And so, but we were two hours late taking off from Indianapolis. And the problem was the weather up in Chicago was so bad that Chicago stopped all the flights coming in. Then you had to get a number to be able to fly in. So we go in, I'm, I'm delayed. I get in there. Uh, and it's like, good night. It's, uh, when they pick you up, when the cancer people pick you up, you know, they pay for my plane flight up there and back home. And they, and then they pick me up in their, uh, well, they call it a limousine, but it's a bus. And uh, uh, they drive you an hour north up to their private hotel, which is only like 55 bucks a night while you're being treated. Um, it's a block and a half from the, ho- from the uh, air- hospital. Well, normally when they pick me up, usually I'm by myself. I'm the only one they're picking up or maybe one other person, you know, but it's always anyway. So we get in there and it's like, there's five of us they're picking up. Every single person had their plane delayed. And so they're all coming in late. So there's five of us in there, a couple and found out one from Kansas, one from Oklahoma city and one from North Dakota. So we're sitting in there and, and I thought, uh we're starting to ride up there and they're they're talking and i thought maybe there might be an opportunity to talk you know or something but man their conversation was like i thought uh, these people don't know the lord they're talking about hey anybody you know this is our first one couple this is our first time and sort of bars up there where you can get food to eat and you know and different concerts they'd went to um you know going to casinos you know seeing leonard skinner and uh, Leonard Skinner's a good group, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> but there wasn't any opportunities, and so I pulled out. Of, I, you know, we kind of listened a little bit. Now, I was looking out the window at the side, and, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, there's no mistakes or no accidents in me. I went, oh. So it's not an accident that we're all here on this bus. So... Um, when there's suffering going on in people, you got this, uh, there's something opens up in people and defenses drop down. And I think that's one of the things we prayed for our nation is like God open, drop defenses in this nation once again and open things up so that there's not like, don't talk to me about Jesus. When there's suffering going on, everybody's open to hear about Jesus. And so we're going up. Uh, it's an hour ride, so we got some time. And 
anyway, they start going around t- telling their cancer story. Everybody likes to talk about the journey they've been through to get where they're going there. And, and so uh, they get done sharing and, and they look at me like, so what's your story? So I go, oh, so I shared about the Lord. I shared about the Lord saved my life through the pacemaker, you know, to find out I got terminal cancer, you know. Uh, but I shared that the Lord spoke to me. I heard him speak to me when the oncologist said, you got stage four prostate cancer. You got one year to live. I heard, the, I heard that verse, it was Psalm 118, verse 17. It says, you'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. So I knew I was going to live, but I didn't know the path I was going to take. And they're going. And I just shared about having people pray for me, you know, and stuff. And so, and I'm, so I'm thinking in my mind, is this going to end up with, do I need to pray for these people? Because the one lady said, I just found out I've got stage four terminal cancer, pancreatic cancer. I've got a huge tumor. Uh, this is my first time coming up here, you know, and her husband's with her. And uh, I, I liked them because they just seemed like us, you know. Uh, anyway, so I'm, we're, going, we're going up there. I tell them my story. Well, the conversation begins to change a little bit then because they got a little more, you know, like the husband, the lady says, yeah, nothing like this to make you see the light. Then they begin talking about uh, praying or whatever, you know, but it just seemed real light and stuff, you know, and so I, I, you guys ever have that dilemma where you're in, the Lord's opened up doors where you're sharing with somebody, but you're not sure, am I supposed to pray for him now, or should I offer to pray, or is it time, you know, because you can do things prematurely. When God was saying, you know, and feel like that pressure of like, I need to pray for him now. And it's like, maybe, maybe God's got a timing in the thing, or maybe there's, and so I was in that dilemma of not knowing what. And so we get to the place, we're all staying in the same hotel. One of the guys was just, um, he was in the room next door to me, you know, anyway. And every time he'd come out, I'd see him in the hallway, he'd be like, hey man, I'm praying for you. I prayed for you last night. I said, thank you so much. I said, I prayed for you, you know, and he said, well, thank you. And so things are starting to go like that. Well, I get to my room and I, and I, I'm talking to Teresa and just telling her about it. And I said, you know, pray for me because I don't, I want to see how the Lord sees this thing. And I said, I need to know what to do. I'm not do you guys have that same stuff where maybe you're in a situation where you share the Lord with somebody? It's like, should I, how far do you go? Do you say, do you know Jesus? You know, that type of thing. And so I'm just being honest with you guys. And it's like, so we get, I have Teresa pray. And so I hang up, Teresa prays for me. And I thought, got my Bible with me. I thought, I think I haven't read Proverbs for a little while. I think I left off with 23. I'm going to read Proverbs 24. I got to read it to you. Sometimes God gives impressions, and sometimes it's like, hey, dummy. This was a hey, dummy moment. So I'm reading through Proverbs 24. Well, I open up my Bible. Before I read Proverbs 24, (laughs) I just, 
it's passion translation. You know how thin the pages are? They stick together. It's hard to, you know where you want to go, but if you don't have it marked, it's like trying to get the pages. I just pop the thing open. It opens up to Proverbs 24. And here's the first verse I saw. If you faint when under pressure, you have need of courage. Are you speaking to me? Verse 11, go and rescue the perishing, be their savior. Why would you stand back and watch them stagger to their death? I thought this lady's got terminal cancer. She's staggering to her death. Didn't have any hope. (sighs) Verse 12, and why would you say, but it's none of my business. (laughs) Okay, God, (laughs) we had this conversation. The one who knows you completely and judges your every motive is also the keeper of souls and not just yours. He sees through your excuses and holds you responsible for failing to help those whose lives are threatened. Can you kind of see God was speaking to me out of that after that prayer? You know, it was just like it couldn't have. You talk about a neon sign going off. You know, it's like. And so I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to pray for him. I'm supposed to pray for that couple from Oklahoma City that she's got stage four. And so then I'm like, uh, they don't know where they're, I don't know where they're, we didn't get there. We didn't exchange names. You don't exchange names up there. It's just, what's your story? Can you tell your story? And it's like, I don't know, I don't know what their names are. I know they're in a hotel, but I don't know what their names are. So I'm like, okay, God, you're going to have to cause us. If you want me to do that, and I, and I know you do, you're going to have to cause our paths to cross. So all the next morning, all, my chemo infusion is at 11. And so I'm all morning long, I'm looking all over. I'm wandering around the hospital looking for them. You know, I'm in the cafeteria. Nobody there, Okay. I'm look. I'm in the hallways. I'm in the lobby. You know, all the waiting areas. It's like I don't see them anywhere. So it's like. So anyway, so I I have got my appointments. You know, and I go through that. So I go to chemo, and it lasts till one o'clock, and they're not picking me up till three thirty, to go back to fly home. So, uh, I get done with chemo, and I head to the cafeteria, and. While I'm, while the guy, and I'm looking all the way down, nobody, you know, okay. I get to the cafeteria, and I'm waiting on the guy to make my omelet, you know. They're making an omelet, and all of a sudden, somebody grabs my elbow and goes, hey, how you doing? I look around, it's the lady's husband. And I went, oh, hey, I just got out of chemo. He said, how are you? He said, hey, my wife and I prayed for you last night. And I was just, I'm not crying in the cafeteria I just thank you so much. I said I prayed for you guys. I said, well, he said, yeah. He said we're sitting outside on the table, and so he took off, you know. And I get my food, and I sit down in the cafeteria, and I can see him sitting outside. They got these glass doors, and they're sitting out at a table, and she's doing something on the computer, and I see her on the phone, and so I'm eating my omelet. I got to get done before they, you know, I can't watch him get up, and uh, I get done, and I go, okay, I'm going out to I go out to where they are because by this time they're just sitting there and uh, I walk up to them and I said uh, hey how you guys doing and immediately they pull a chair out like 
to sit down. So I sit down. I said, I just, uh, I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray for you guys. They shot both their hands out like, let's hold hands while we do that. So I hold hands with them, and I pray everything God gave me. Oh, God gave me a word while I got this. Forgot about that. God gave me a word when I got this. Uh, when I was in my room with Proverbs 24, he's, and he said, I want you to pray for him. He said, there's a hurtful situation in her past that I'm going to move on, and I'm going to bring healing and heal the whole thing. So I thought, cool, if I could find him. And so we're sitting there praying. And so I pray over that. And then we got done praying. And I said, I feel like the Lord told me last night, you know, that uh, there's something painful in your past that really wounded you that he was going to move in on and heal. And a husband speaks up and he goes, uh, we, we were divorced. And he said, I, we, I moved out six months ago. And he said, uh, but when she got diagnosed with cancer, I decided I moved back in because I'm going to stand with her in this. And I'm like, and she immediately got tears in her eyes. Like, so I thought, God, you knew that. And so I prayed for their marriage. I prayed for their home. You know, that God bring healing and wholeness and stuff. And I was like, his name's Donnie. Her name is TJ. And I go, oh. I go, we got a lady in our church is TJ. He goes, you know, it's funny. He said she helps lead singing at church with a guy named Ron. <laughs> I said, this is getting strange. <laughs> I love these guys. I mean, it was like, it felt like family, you know, just down to earth. But it's like affliction causes people to open up. And it was like he was, he was, they were going to divorce. They were, you know, he'd been gone for six months until she got cancer and God began to move on his heart, soften his heart, and he moved back in. And it was like, uh, I just, and that was, and then wasn't long, we, you know, she was waiting on her time to go up to get chemo and stuff, you know, but I told him, I said, I got your name down on my phone. I want, uh, so we just want to pray for you guys that God do a miracle. And they said, thank you so much. Uh, and he said, and I've, I, he said, and I've started going back to church. I said, good. Uh, I had, uh, so I want to pray when we get done, I want to pray for them. They got to move on their hearts. That was a divine encounter, but I'm just like, God, I want to see through your eyes. I want to see how you're doing stuff. And then he opened, I mean, I had people in the hospital. I walk, I, I was coming out to, went to sit by the pond they have in the back, you know, and as, as I was going by the dock, one of the cafeteria workers was coming out and I said, hey, I just, I felt like the Lord said, start thanking them for the jobs they do here. And so uh, I just said, Hey, I just want to thank you for all the work you guys doing at cafeteria. I said, man, it's not typical hospital food. It's good food. It's it's healthy. And I said, I just wanted to, you know, I appreciate all the work you guys do. And he says, wow, thank you so much. He said, I, he said, I worked there for a long time. But he says, I'm actually downstairs now in the staff dining room. He said, the staff hangs out down there. He said, hey, the next time you're in, why don't you come hang out with the staff? I thought, okay, 
I probably will. <laughs> and then as I was coming back, I saw an older lady coming out, you know, and I just wanted to thank her for, she's part of, she says, I work in housekeeping, and I just wanted to thank her for all they do. And then later on, I saw her changing. I was waiting on the bus to pick me up, and I looked over, and she was changing the trash up at the front registration desk, and she looked at me and waved at me and smiled, and I thought, God, you want to encourage people. Just thanking them for, you know, thankless jobs and stuff like that. But one of the words I, I had a, Two prophetic words. One, when I went through uh, the healing rooms at Bethel back in November 2017, one of the words they said, they said, we just feel like the Lord has said that he is uh, building a testimony in your life and that he's going to enlarge your testimony. You know, you're going to have a lot of people to speak to. It's like, okay, cool. Can I just get healed of cancer too? You know I mean? You know, I wanted this to be instant. I wanted this thing to be like, Hey, cancer's already been defeated at the cross. God, I know you heal. We watched uh, Brenda's mom get healed of that that tumor thing in her. And uh, what happening? So we're doing a nutritional route. Things get worse. You got to go chemo. I, I'd already, I'd, man, I was set in stone. I'm not doing chemo. Had a cousin that was on it for 12 years and died. I've had, I've seen people that it just was miserable and then they died. And it's like, I am not doing chemo. And when it came to that, I heard the Holy Spirit saying, and I argued a little bit, you know, and he said, this is me. I want you going to this hospital. <laughs> I don't, don't want to do chemo. This is me. It's like, ugh, can you, <laughs> you know, you ever had a, really hadn't ever had any luck changing God's mind? I haven't. So that's what we did. But, it, but anyway, what I'm saying is, I had that prophetic word that God was enlarging testimony. And then uh, Jocelyn, when we went to Jocelyn Slavon's house, in it was a reunion of all the ones that went on the Bulgaria trip, you know, with uh, Teresa. She had a dinner, and uh, while we were out there, and they didn't know any of this stuff. I don't know that we'd been through the healing rooms yet, but as they prayed, they got done, and one of the guys says, "Man, he said God is enlarging your testimony. He's in, he's in he's enlarging your uh, your all that." And so it's like, hmm. There's two words that God said he was enlarging the testimony. So this is funny. I've got, I've shared with certain of my clients, business clients over in Bloomington, I've had amazing open doors with um, my clients over there. I mean, when they find out where you're at, you know, it's like, oh man, we're praying for you. And it's like, how you doing? And, you know, and so it's an open door to share the Lord with the ones I've been praying for. And, and it's all because they think you're going to die. Okay, God, use it. I know I'm not going to, but okay, use it, you know, so we can share you in this stuff. And, and I'm joyful. I'm not depressed. I'm not walking around depressed. Yeah, I mean, my oncologist said, she said, she said, you are the easiest patient I have. And I said, I, you know, we really like you, but I don't ever want to see you again. <laughs> For a good reason. She goes, I understand. <clears throat> if you was closer, we'd invite you over for dinner. But, you know, it's six-hour drive. Anyway, uh, but 
So I'm, I'm at one of my clients, in a, and I'm going back to work on a machine, and they're walking me down the hall. It's a school. Walking me down the hall. And as we're going, you know, and uh, she goes, we're walking, and she's talking, you know, and she knows about me, and all of a sudden she goes, she just has this funny little look on her face. She's not a believer. She goes, uh, you know what? You're going to have a lot larger audience to talk to. When you come through all of this, you're, and I thought, holy cow, this is the prophecies I got out at Bethel coming from a non-believer. And then she was like, okay. And we're back to normal. It's like, <laughs> I mean, God is just, the thing I found out is that as you, as you people see what you're suffering, that they open up about their own lives. And I thought, somebody said, we don't need to hide our suffering. Put on a Christian face that everything's okay. And uh, I had, on the way back from that trip, the bus driver, we talked for an hour. You know, I'm sitting up close to front, you know, it's just me and him. And he opens up and shares about his life and stuff, you know. And I'm sharing about the Lord. And he goes, oh, man. He said, this has been so encouraging talking to you today. Oh, that Donnie, this was cool. <laughs> I don't get called this a lot, but I thought this was cool. We got done praying and everything, and he, uh, that Donnie was the guy from Oklahoma, you know, that had moved back in with his wife, and he goes, he goes, uh, I needed a godly man to come around. And I thought, can I get that recorded on my phone? <laughs> I got some people I'd like to hear. No, I just kidding. Anyway, the thing is, you know, it just had that opportunity on the bus. And then, uh, I mean, it was like every time I turned around, you know, and even the workers at the hospital up there were just, it was like God was opening things more and more. And I've had, I had, I was working on a printer in a restaurant um, Friday. And the guy asked me about, our family situation. Because how 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 you ever seen like like I just shared a little tiny bit, and he went whoa, and he opened up and shared how he was having problems with his kids, and I mean he laid the whole thing out. And it was like when we have suffering going on in our lives, you don't want to invite it, but when you have it. We have a choice to say, God, use, here's my, my prayer. I want you to get every ounce of glory out of this situation that you can. You use it as much as you possibly can to further your kingdom, to further your glory. And you, I don't, but God, give, get glory out of this thing. If the devil's going to hand this stuff out, then I want God to get glory for working through it and using it as a tool. And so that's been my prayer, and I think he's doing that. And I'll just kind of, ah, oh, I wrote all this for nothing. <laughs> Let's see if I can, no, I think I probably did all that. Okay. I want to finish with. Two things, two, 
I have scripture. This will make it legitimate. <laughs> Romans 8. And I, I'll read a couple of verses. It's 18 through 39 in the Passion. See how hard it is to just flip open to something that God's speaking out of? These pages are so thin. <sighs> I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that's about to be unveiled within us. Isn't that an awesome promise? The entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery and to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children goes on to talk about that God takes everything and causes it to work together for good. And I believe he does that in every single situation we face. Doesn't matter what you're facing, God can turn it around for his glory. And that was, that was a scripture where I was like, God, get the glory out of this thing. And then the other thing is first is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 4. And that's where Paul said that, uh, and Jason gave this to me the other night, uh, and it was already in, in this talk today that with the comfort that we receive from God, we're able to turn around and use that same comfort to comfort others in their affliction. And I thought, I'm, the Lord has, I, I've actually thanked him for this cancer stuff because of the open doors I've had to share Jesus with people. I've had, I've had, I mean, I'm praying for a revival in the business community. I want to see, you know, there's times in past church history to where they're having a prayer meeting in New York and a lot of the business is closed down because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want to see the Holy Spirit poured out so powerfully in the business community. It's one place to where, the, you know, they may say, not allowed to share religion in here. Okay. But they've got an undercover uh, intercessor walking the halls. I get to go into place, government buildings where it's like, and I just like, I walk down the halls to do deliveries, and it's like, Jesus, you're welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, pour out, draw hearts, open up doors. You're welcome to flood these offices. And I love it when we, don't have complete orders, and I got to go back in two days. I get to pray it all over again. I do that everywhere I go because God told Abraham, everywhere you put your foot, I'm giving to you. Okay? I'm claiming that for me. And I think we ought to claim that as business people, that when we go into clients' offices like, Lord, now I'm not talking about being religious and like, but you go in as intercessors and, and take Jesus with you because he's in you and you're in him. So I've finally been able, good to have some, I, I, I didn't realize it's like, God, whatever you have to do to open people's hearts up. I didn't realize it'd be something like cancer and suffering 
to open people's hearts up. But it's like I've never seen walls come down so much. And when I'm up in Chicago, I've never been among hungrier people because they need hope. They need help. They're they're facing the end of their lives. And I got a and I had a had a call yesterday, and uh, prayed with someone that they found out they got a month to live. Um, thought they were just having shoulder pain, you know, a little bit of back pain. Found out that his cancer and liver shot, and uh, gave him a, uh, can't even do treatment. Give him a month, and it's like. So I sat in Bab's parking lot, you know, and prayed. Uh, and here's here's the key. I prayed for the Lord to do a miracle and bring His glory. Prayed for peace and just for His love, but. So all night long, I have these con- condemning thoughts. You prayed wrong. You gave false hope. You know, and it was like, oh, if the devil is so upset that I prayed, I think I know what God wants to do. I love, I love making the devil mad. I love just, I hate cancer now. I've got so much compassion for on people who have to walk through that garbage and for getting death sentences on them. And it's like, no, I have the Lord of life in me. And Jesus healed every person he ran into. Everyone. He didn't say, you need to learn some lessons from this. Uh, you know, maybe in a month I'll think about it. He didn't do that. He healed every single person that came to him. Are we seeing that? No, but we're seeing more than we have. And we see a whole lot more than if we never prayed for healing. You never pray for healing, you'll never get healings. I believe it's worth pushing in until we see what Jesus had on earth. Heaven on earth is what he prayed. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to share with you guys this morning what's been going on and where I've been. I've so appreciated your prayers and all the, I've, I've, I've written down all the things that have been given to me, prayed, promises, all the words. I've got, that's what my notebook is. I got all my, that stuff. I, you know, I've had, it's just, I've, I've felt incredibly loved and supported by the body of Christ through this. And my numbers were still down. When I went, you know, they were they were still down. And my oncologist up there, she goes, it she keeps saying, This is amazing. This is this is spectacular. This is incredible. I love words like that when you're going back. You know what I mean? It's like this is incredible. It's like, thank you. And so one last thing I've got, I've got a, they're going to rescan me, uh, on September the 4th, Tuesday after Labor Day. I'm really praying that it's the end of treatment, really praying the end. So if you guys could just agree with me on that, and then I want to pray for this Donnie and TJ, if you guys want to stand and pray for you guys. I believe God wants to move on that couple that he opened up the door to. And uh, Father, we just want to lift them up to you and ask God that you would encounter them. Encounter them with your healing. 
miraculous healing. Encounter them with your love. Heal all the differences. Well, I don't even know why they were head separating and all that, God, but it doesn't matter. You're the answer. And so we ask you to be the answer in every area of their lives. And Lord, I ask that I could run into them again and just get an update. But God, it would be a different picture this time of like, oh my gosh, God is doing so much in our lives. Lord, we release that into their lives, that you move powerfully in them. And God, bring glory and honor to your name out of what you do in them. Lord, I want to pray for us as a, as a body of believers, God, that, Lord, we all run into things that aren't what we would pick and what we would desire. And, and God, it may just be some difficult coworkers or something. But, God, I'm asking that we would have your perspective in those situations and that we would become intercessors if we need to be in um, uh, incognito. God, if, if, if it ends up being that, but God, that we would seek your purposes come about, that God, you take adverse situations and you would turn them around and bring glory and honor to your name out of it and give us eyes to see situations the way you see them and then operate out of your heart for that. So God, I release that, God, over this body, new eyesight and new courage and new boldness. God, to move out into areas you're calling us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message.